0: Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through his church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit, reach out, and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Welcome to another episode of Vitalnomics, where we help bring clarity to vitality. And I'm so excited for today because we're talking about a pretty important topic because it's pretty much running rampant in our culture, and that is directly related to having a worldview. And I've been feeling for a time that there's been quite a challenge in our next generation with origin, with morality, with identity, and with purpose. And today we have our special guest, Damien Gurk, with us, who wrote a brand new book, Are You Who You Want to Be? How Knowing Your Identity Lets You Live Your True Purpose. And so Damien has literally coached. Many, many people. He's very well accredited with his influence. And it's such a joy to have him on today's podcast. So, Damien, welcome to VitalNomics. It's great to have you.
1: Thanks, Gary. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, I'm pumped the
0: fact that you have taken the time and energy and money to write a book about the very thing that Generation Z, I I get the opportunity to work a lot with Generation Z, and it's pretty cool because I think this book is really going to help them when it's dealing with this question, are you who you want to be? Because I feel like a lot of the next generation is just wondering, who the heck am I? How do I fit in? And so (laughs) I'm so glad that you've decided to to write this. So let's uh, let's dive in a little bit. So how did this whole identity thing get started for you when writing this book?
1: Yeah, well, I think just to give some context to what you just said, I think this is a human condition issue. It's not just a a Gen Z issue, right? Um, It's something that I think is the longing for our identity is a question, you know, is an issue that has existed throughout generations, throughout cultures, every generation, every society has, has dealt with the question, who am I? and struggled with the answers and, and frankly struggled with the results and the, the way, the methods that we go about in finding our identity. So this really is the culmination of probably a 20 year journey of my own. And it, you know, I'm, I'm a baby boomer generation. I'm dating myself. Um, but you don't actually look that generation. So that's pretty cool. Well, when you shave off all your gray hair, it's a lot easier to do that strategy, strategy, but you know kind of props to Gen Z and, and maybe to Millennials who preceded them, they're the first generation that's really openly, uh, this is a front burner, open, transparent, vulnerable issue for them. and they have they have the props that no other generation, you know, the generations before them never did to, to really openly ask the question and have it be such a, a vital part of their, their life and, and community and perception and careers. And it, it affects every aspect of their life in a very open and frank way. So I, I appreciate them for that. So for me, I started out my career as an engineer in the aerospace industry, did that for 10 years, loved it. I, it was a boyhood dream, fulfillment of a boyhood dream for me during that time, had a faith transition, ended up transitioning after 11 years to hard right turn to ministry he went to seminary and uh, got married during that time went to seminary and then for 15 years was a vocational pastor so shifted from really technical heavily uh, math oriented formula <laughs> lots of formulas everything was known everything was you know empirically tested like you know that's that was just the world they lived in to Philosophy and and theology and doctrines and history and all that kind of stuff. So, it was really uh, as much as I loved engineering, I really began to realize during the end of that time that I was really made to work with people. Yeah, and so so this was very fulfilling as well. Loved my time in ministry, but then after fifteen years, it's it sort of I realized I began to ask that kind of same question. And frankly, it was, I hope I don't have to give them any, you know, royalty payments or trademark payments for this, but it was a switch, it was a switchfoot song. Yeah. That really was the inspiration for the title. And when that song came out, it just came out right at the time where, okay, this is the second, this is the end of a, you know, long history of my second career And I really realized at that time, I was transitioning again, there was a number of factors I won't go into, but was was really transitioning and and questioning is being a pastor what I'm, you know, what I'm really supposed to do. And, you know, do I want to go through a third career change, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so it was just you had young kids at that time, you know, preteen kids at that time, and so just had gone through a lot of life changes and, and kind of midlife crisis, I guess, and was just asking, who, who am I supposed to be? Because I've put a lot of energy and expended a lot of resources and time and, and gave a lot of myself for these two careers. And I'm not sure I know any more about myself now than I did when I started. And mm-hmm. just that, that song, when that song came out, it just, it just resonated with me. Um, and that's when I started actually journaling and and really seriously digging into the topic of identity I ended up transitioning out of ministry and doing I started doing coaching leadership development some Consulting uh ended up with working with a in human resources in a, in a corporate environment did that for eight years but this whole question of identity as I both in ministry and and in coaching did a lot of, you know questioning other people you know yeah. right. are you who you want to be who 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 are you <laughs> who right. do you want to be and it's a really just found out it's a really profound question and i was not the only one asking it and i my intuition my experience my gut is that we're all asking it in one way or another and it's just a part of the human condition that we all wrestle with and i think it's from a you know biblical perspective it is part of the way god helps us realize our need for him and our, our disassociation with him, you know, living in a, living in a fallen world.
0: Yeah. That's so
1: good. I, I still, I'm still trying to figure out my
0: identity. No, I'm just kidding. I But I do remember a clear <laughs> time when everybody wanted to, you know, everybody was given like, what do they wanted to be when they grew up? And I remember just standing up in the class and I want to be a ninja. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is a, this is a hot topic right now. And so, with lots of opinions and perspectives that are just flying around on what constitutes identity, I know that's a big question here in New England.
1: Um, yeah, you know. So, so how would you describe identity? So, amen. Like it, it is, it is a definitely a hot topic. Um, and I, you know, I would describe it as well. I'll, let me start off before I say that. Let me start off with this: the, our tendency, and not that this is wrong. It's right. just sort of our default go to. Yeah. Um and it makes sense. It's practical, right? But our go to is to to talk about our roles or our achievements or mm. you know, what kind of food we eat or just thing, you know, worldly social um things that sort of define us or describe how we relate with one another and and what we do with our with our time and our energy and our focus. Mm. And again, not, not that that's wrong. It's, it's, it's a starting point and it's, they're relevant, but I think part of the frustration of the search for identity is we know those things don't, don't define us. Right. Yeah. Yet We don't have anything better to, t- to tell them to, right. to tell people about who we are. So the way I describe it in the book is that our identity is who we are at a soul level. It's at the level that we have awareness that we are a conscious unique known being and and i think that is spiritual primarily spiritual more than than physical i mean when we're talking about you know what goes on in the brain and the the interplay between our, our spiritual component of us and the physical you know who who knows how all that works aside from god but right but i think it's it's so much deeper even than our physical processes that are going on. It's who we are at a soul level where we're in a spiritual, in a a biblical context where where God knows us, where where we can be known by God. Yeah. And so from that then passes a a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) Uh, A couple of things is that that identity is in process. So we both are who we are now and we're not yet who we will be And this is going to get kind of sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but we're both of those at the same time. So particularly, this is is what makes the way the Bible talks about identity so relevant is because because God defines us as as those who have have trusted in, in Christ and are following Jesus. He defines us as sons and daughters. He gives us a relational identity. He defines us in relationship to him so we get this relative sense of who we are and there's a promise that all of that relationship will be fulfilled in eternity and so while we're not yet that we we are that now and so that gives us the 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 sense of who we are and now it's it changes our life from trying to figure out who we are to working to live out the identity that we know we are. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. And and so our listeners are probably like, hey Gary, I thought this was a revitalization podcast and yeah. <laughs> probably asking the question why are we talking about this? Well, I think it's directly related because a lot of the revitalization pastors I talk to, they've lost their identity. Um their identity has become in, you know, trying to make the church come alive again instead of realizing who they are in Christ and that God has called them to be all that he's called in to be, and so I, I, the reason why we're having this interview is because I think this book is very relevant to the health of the pastor and bringing clarity to the reason why you're in that seat of revitalization. So I just wanted to make that clear, yeah. listener. So I, I could hear, I could see somebody scratching their head right now as they're driving, listening to this talking <laughs> about. So, so let's continue the conversation. So, how how does the book title are you who you want to be add to the conversation
1: yeah so and i'll i'll caveat to what you just said like most of my understanding of this came at, in in the context of being a, a minister like a pastor yeah. so um my my con- uh, addition to what you would just say if if you if you don't know your identity there's no way you can help someone else know their identity It's good like it's yeah. just impossible if you're defining your identity by church metrics or or you know what style of clothes you wear or the phrases you use or you know any of that stuff like those things are those things are they're what they're what i call taking an outside-in approach you're using what's going on in your environment to define you and it's a it's a recipe for disaster and you're leading others down that same, whether you realize it or not, whether you're openly stating it or not, you're taking others down that path with you. So it's very dangerous. And what I hope is that, you know, particularly pastors can lead the charge here. They can, they can understand who they are so they can effectively lead this generation that is desperately asking for identity, right? So it's just such a strategic time. So I think, what the what to get back to your question um there's several things in in particular two truths and or two errors and two truths so the first error is that that we are who we have been in the past I call that a, a backward reference so we we're always looking back to Define ourselves and then so anything we do trying to move forward is kind of compensating trying to compensate for who we have been in the past yeah and that's just that's just it's just a lie, really. Right. Um, so the truth, the correction of that is that um, the past doesn't determine our present. The future determines our present. Back yeah. to what I was saying earlier, like if we are children of God, God is, has already promised that we are seated at, his, at the right hand in the kingdom of God. Like that has already accomplished. So that is our future. So with that being our future, now what does that have to say about our present? How do we act Today, based on that, knowing that that's our destiny and that's who God says we are. Um, Another error is what I said earlier, that we we are what we do. We live outside in. So so we depend really upon our environment to tell us who we are. Hmm. And that's it's it's just a disaster waiting to happen because we can't control our environment. We don't know what's going to happen in in our environment if we achieve you know, and we consider ourselves a success, you know, one day that might feel great. Yeah. But then what happens when we, you know, the next day when we fail, then who, who are we? Right. So, so we're never stable. We're never, you know, we don't have any kind of foundation for life. And so we end up living like experimenting at things. We try this, we try that, we try that. And when that doesn't work, we try something else and it's just no way to, there's no way to make any progress. So the the truth to that, the correction of that is who we are shapes what we do, not the other way around. Yeah. So identity informs activity. Who we are shapes how we live in our environment. We're we're able to live purposefully instead of experimenting at stuff. We're able to walk out into our environment and live on purpose and be stable no matter what's going on in our environment.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's so good. So why would you recommend this book to church leaders ah oh, gosh one pastor to another like you'll struggle like i like i talked about earlier you'll struggle to be the servant leader that God is calling you to be if you don't have your identity in place and figured out before you try to step into that role as as a shepherd and a teacher
0: because,
1: mm. um, because when we live outside in what what's really happening is that there's a codependency that develops. So, so you end up like, if I'm your pastor, I end up trying to please you so that I can get your affirmation of me so that I can lead effectively. Right. And so I'm, I'm really not serving you. Like I'm taking from you. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't I can't really tell you truth, you know. Mm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be compelled or forced or or tempted or or whatever to tell you what you want to hear mm. so that I can, you know, please you and keep you around. I'm I'm over baking this a little bit, but not much. On principle, that's that's really what happens. And it's just it's a terrible place to be in. It it's you're you're compromising the truth of the gospel you're compromising your ability to really genuinely influence people and help them change right and it's it just makes you ineffective so that that would be one thing um the other thing is just identity is is central to what God has called us to do which is make disciples mm. and i would argue make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that's a whole other book but right, right. Um, So what we're trying to do is make disciples that look like Jesus. And if we don't understand that God is that Jesus ultimately is, is our identity. he is the fulfillment of our identity. He is, I, in the book, I call him our ideal identity. So I say it this way, like Gary, you're the only Gary that will ever exist in human history, right? Yeah. Ever. No, it's, it's interesting. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent.
1: So, so there is a there is a Gary yes that God has designed before the creation of the world to be the only reflection of Jesus that looks like Gary that the world will ever see
0: yeah that's good like yeah
1: just l- let that hit bottom in your gut like man there's a there's a person I'm supposed to be that God has designed me to be and it's my choice on on ter- in terms of whether I want to be that person or not yeah but God is designed for that to be who I am. And so my purpose flows out of that. If I if I don't understand that, then I can't be as effective in in accomplishing God's purpose for my life as I as I could. I'm going to compromise it some in some way, shape, or form. And yeah. it's so like to pastors, what I would want to say is, do you want to be the leader that God has designed you to be, that God is destined for you to be? Before the creation of the world, like ages past, Yeah. In Christ Jesus, you're created to do good works that he planned in advance for you to do. Ephesians 2. Do you want to live that out or not?
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Everything you're saying actually ties into today's sponsor um, because you're talking Mm. identity and every church, even every person has an identity, but also every church has an identity. And so what I see a lot is churches copying other churches and not living up to their local predicament. And so our today's sponsor is Exano, and they're one of the most trusted and successful ministry partners of churches across the globe. And they've helped churches with identity and with clarity. And so if you're interested in growing and making uh, your church clear with your leaders and your people, Exano is the go-to Group to go to because they are going to bring clarity to the process of helping you live up to what Jesus has called you to do. So this is this is so important what we're talking about. You know, I love the fact that what you said, there will never be another Gary. And interesting enough, like that hit me about four years ago because I process things very differently from people. And when I started to dig in, I started to realize how different my brain actually is, like okay i have a gift that nobody else has and that on this conversation so i'm thankful that you wrote this book because it it ties into i basically the lie that culture has been feeding people uh to to be somebody else that that they're not instead you're challenging everybody to live up to who jesus made you um so this goes into my next question why discovering identity is such a challenge
1: yeah that's that's such a good question um and i think like one that that the more i talk about it, the i'm starting to get you know more and more reactions kind of data points right that yeah. that i i hear and i see and, like one of the questions i'm starting to follow up questions i'm starting to get more often is like can you really know who you want to be like is it is it possible and it's it's almost this fear of i'm i'm still figuring this out so you're getting this like <laughs> unprocessed like it's totally in the raw here and, and I'm just putting it out there. I'm, I don't even think I've told anybody this actually, but like, there's just a a, a fear that man, you can't know, like mm. it, it's unknowable. And I think, I think that's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Like mm. the whole Bible, I would argue, the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, yeah, is a story of God. Making us in his image, that yeah. image being stolen and lost and abandoned, and then him restoring it at the end. If you look at it in the context of just yeah. through the lens of identity and our relationship to God, which remember we're made in God's image. God is a triune God, three persons, one God. Yeah. Humanity, uh, I am I am a I am the only Damien that will ever exist, but I need Gary to in order to be who I'm supposed to be, right? we're we're made for each other we're like we're made as communal beings yes even how god made man and woman i w- i would argue that's 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 what the first part of genesis talks about yeah like it's not good for one person to be alone in this case man and woman it's not good to be alone mm. and only together are is god's creation declared very good right yeah so so there's a sense of we just it's like too it's unbelievable like it's too it's almost hard to grasp the concept that we can actually believe it. That would be one thing. There's a, a whole bunch of stuff in the world. I think we we tend to seek after power, influence, status, accumulation, material things. We want to. I call it in the book a bias for arrival. Like we want to get to this place where we're not going to need anymore. Mm. Like we're just I I you know retirement. I want to get to that place where I can just stop working. Well, no. Right. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, that's not the human condition. Like God made us even in the garden before we had all the sin where he made us to need him. Like we're incomplete without him. That's right. And so we're always going to be, I call it living thirsty. We're always going to be living thirsty. We we never arrive. I think autonomy. We, we, we want to be the captain of our soul. Like we want to be in charge mm. and, and the whole way, the whole design of our creation is we're not in charge. That's right. Why, why would, why would God put that burden on us to be in charge? Yeah. He's, he's taking that role. Like he just wants us to be partners with him. So, but that means I got to give up, you know, like Jesus said, the person who wants to save their, save their life is going to lose it. Yeah. But the person who loses their life for my sake will find it. So mm-hmm. it's when you give up that autonomy, now you get the the opportunity to experience the design that god has has had for you all along and that freedom like you said that freedom once you realize oh god made me this way like there's just there's flow there there's freedom it just works you don't have to pretend you don't have to try to be somebody or not you don't have to compensate you just you just you just go with it
0: yeah we have a couple more minutes so i have two more questions that's okay sure Uh, so this question so what we just talked about so what are the practical steps to living out a Jesus like identity
1: yeah in in the book uh, i have a chapter on each one of these one is change uh, where which in the biblical word for change is repentance so that's a designed in factor of knowing your of, of understanding your identity and becoming more like jesus becoming like jesus there's a repentance that that has to happen on an ongoing basis. The, the next one is truth, uh, really understanding what is true and what is not, and committing to build my house on that foundation of truth. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one is um, what I call practice, but it's it's really obedience, in the in the as it's described in the Bible as a commitment to do what God has asked me to do in the way that He's asked me to do it in a consistent a consistent just diligent, giving it my best effort. That's good. So one last question.
0: How can people grab a copy of your book Mm -hmm. Act with you?
1: Yeah, they can go to my website, DamienGert.com. And probably the easiest way that most people are doing is going to Amazon. And there's there's actually two books. There's a a book, which is a narrative nonfiction. So if you like stories, that's really going to resonate with you. And then there's a field guide, which is really focused on application and and group discussion, just figuring out how do I how do I make this practical. Yeah. And so the the book is available in print, ebook and audiobook and then the field guide is available in print and ebook version.
0: Awesome and we'll have those in the show notes. And so Damien, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to just have this conversation about identity and just bringing clarity to it. And so thanks so much for being on this podcast. Gary, it's been a privilege. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And so to our listeners, thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next Go Around.